0: Welcome to Tice Talks, where we talk all things faith and family. Today's topic is on perpetual forgiveness. I'm so glad you're talking about this today, Dad. It's
1: it's so important, and actually, this is coming from an outline that I, I preached this past Sunday uh, from the book of uh, of First Kings, uh, the story of Elijah and Elijah's encounter with the woman at uh, or the widow at Serafath. She was a wonderful lady. He was a wonderful man. Yet, because tragedy struck in the home in which Elijah was staying with this woman, she had prepared a loft for him up in the upper part of her home. After God had put them together through some miraculous um, means, now a tragedy strikes and it causes huge conflict within the home.
0: Yeah, when, we, when I was listening on Sunday, I just sat there and just filled my Bible with notes because I saw so many things that you shared that I'd never seen before. Like how you said, to good people, to followers of God, to people that were, you know, were, that were friends, obviously, at one point, and now there's major confrontation. And I just thought, Whoa! How, who has this not happened to?
1: Yeah, it, it's true, and and the the points are these these people are both good people. Yeah, and they're they're together because God put them together, hmm. and that's an amazing thing. I mean, God told uh, Elijah to leave the brook Cherith to go specifically down to Seraphath. He told the woman, "This guy's gonna be coming." and I want you to feed him, and she didn't have any means to feed him, and through a miraculous blessing of God, she was able to meet his needs, and at the same time, he was able to meet her needs, and God put them together. This was absolutely obvious from the story at the beginning of First Kings chapter 17. However, in verse 17, the Bible says, and it came to pass after these things that the Son of of the woman the mistress of the house fell sick and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him her son dies
0: hmm.
1: wow now this son's life had been preserved because of the miracle but now he's dead and that causes grief that causes when you have that kind of tragedy it just emotions begin to swell and when emotions are are controlling your feelings, when emotions are controlling your, your life,
0: and, you, yeah,
1: yeah, you're going to say and do some things that can be very hurtful.
0: Now, am I wrong in thinking that for her, obviously during our time having a son die would be horrible, but as a widow woman back in her time, yeah, she her was a, son... She wasn't
1: a little woman. She was a widow woman. A widow <laughs>
0: Did I say widow? A little. <laughs> A widow woman. Did she... Um, it would be not just the grief of somebody you love and poured your life into, but it would also be the person that's going to eventually be taking care... Of. We don't know how old the boy was, but he would be taking care of her later on in life. He, he was her be, future as yeah. far as
1: we know. We don't know that there was any other children. He was her future. If Without him... There was, no, there was no nothing yes. for her yeah. to
0: even look forward to. Wow, that's incredible. So you're going to share, is it five?
1: Five things, yes.
0: That we can do to show and live perpetual yeah, forgiveness. I
1: think we need to remember five things. It's, it's, okay. uh, five things that we need to remember because if we remember these things, it'll help us not to react mm-hmm. and, and to know what to do when there's a wrong when there's a wrong reaction. So, so
0: when instead of allowing our feelings because feelings are good, they're God given, we exactly should right. have these we should have feelings when our if something poor happens to our family or our children, we should feel sad and grief and we should experience those feelings, but allowing those feelings to control our actions in a negative way is what we don't want to allow in our lives.
1: That's exactly right. So let's take a look at them. All
0: right, five things to remember.
1: Okay, number one, remember that obedience does not mean that bad things won't happen. Hmm. Here we have two good people doing right things, and over and over, you as, as you read this story of the woman you see her doing what God wants her to do, even in impossible circumstances. God says, feed this, this guy. I don't have the means to feed him. Well, he just asked for water first, so she goes to get the water. But then he says, "He says I want bread. And she says, well, I don't even have the bread except for me and my son, and then we're going to eat this and die. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but he says, no, you do that. You feed me first. And God will take care of you. So she obeys even in impossible circumstances. This was not a wicked woman. This was not a a woman who wasn't willing to obey and do the, do the will of God. Sometimes, sometimes we we see somebody going through bad circumstances, and we think, "Well, I wonder what they did wrong."
0: What they, Yeah. What What did they do to deserve this? Like yes. how the disciples would say. What did they he do or his parents do yes, that he's blind, or I think that's what it was yeah, something like or that. or lame one of yeah. the two
1: so it, we have a tendency to do that. we see a, a a brother hurting, and we think, well, listen, if you obey God, that one's gonna that's not gonna happen to you. This lady was obedient to God mm,
0: like job yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: doing what God wanted wanted her to do, we don't know what her past was, in fact, she comes to Elijah and we'll see this next. She comes to Elijah and accuses him and says, are you trying to bring up my past sin? Is that what you're mm. trying to do? So uh, could
0: we say that obedience does bring blessing, but it does not hinder you from receiving some negative experiences in your life? Yeah, obedience are does bring blessings, but it doesn't mean that There's, you're not going to have bad experiences. The,
1: and that's true. And, and here's why. The Bible says that we live in a sin- Cursed world. The whole world is in rebellion to God. Hmm. So we have the world tell the, the, the word of God tells us we have uh three enemies. We have the world itself, the whole system, the world hmm. system, and then we have our own flesh, which was part of that world system. Paul said, In me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And then we have Satan, who is the God of this world according to Second Corinthians chapter four. He is the God of this world. And so and when we get saved. We start living contrary to this world system, and when you're living contrary to the world system, it's it's going to be conflict all the time. So we live in a fallen world, and then the Bible says we all have sinned, all of sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes you and me. I know you see me as just the perfect person, but uh, <laughs> the the uh, the Bible says we all sinned, we've all done wrong, and if I'm if I'm living in a world, going to a church or living in a family that is filled with sinners from time to time, I'm going to offend other people hmm. and other other people are going to offend me. And so because we live in a sin-cursed world and because we're all sinners and because that's our situation, we are not going to escape bad circumstances coming into our life from time to time. So I need to understand this: that just because I'm obedient to Christ, number one, doesn't mean that we're not going to have bad things happen.
0: Hmm. That's so good.
1: And and people,
0: that's such a truth. To uh, it's a hard truth to swallow for so many people. Like there's, I just recently read a book by a famous uh, singer who is she sings secular music, but she claims to be a Christian and she couldn't to this day she's about my age and she says to this day I can't understand why my 16 year old godly cousin was killed in a car accident because i always believe that you know if you obey god good things happen but i guess it's just one of those things so even to this day she does not catch the concept that just because you are saved and just cuz you're trying to follow god it doesn't mean the bad things aren't gonna to happen to you. And that's a that's a common mistake of prosperity gospel, a common mistake of just it's easy to to think that. God, why, why? So number one.
1: Number one, again, obedience does not mean that bad things won't happen. The second thing we need to remember is that Satan uses bad circumstances to divide believers. Mm-hmm. Satan uses bad circumstances to divide believers. Verse 18 says this. When she found out her son was dead, she picks him up in her arms. She goes to, the, to Elijah. Now, this would have been the person that was closest to her, as far as we know, humanly speaking. She goes to him and she says, Elijah, what have I to do with thee? That is, why are you here? Get out of this. Look what you've done. She says, um, O man of God, art thou come to, unto me to call my sins to remembrance and to slay my son. My son's dead and it's your fault. Can you imagine (laughs) the daggers that Elijah felt and then the confusion? In fact, we see the confusion. Right. He'd
0: be like, you wouldn't even, you would have starved to death if I didn't come and live with you. (laughs) I mean, that's easy to just like dart right back.
1: And she doesn't, he doesn't even know at this point that the son's dead. He, He's just totally and completely oblivious. And she comes up with a sledgehammer and hits him in the, in the side of the head. And he doesn't know what to say. Hmm. He doesn't know what to do. I mean, uh, uh, but the accusation is there. And what is happening? Satan is using bad circumstances to divide two good people. Now in in this, in this scenario, uh, Elijah keeps his head. Elijah doesn't doesn't attack back and we need to be under we need to understand when people we don't know the circumstances that people are going through we don't yeah. know the emotions people are having and therefore it's so important if we're walking in the spirit that we not allow our flesh to respond when somebody is obviously responding to us in the flesh or responding right, to in some the flesh circumstances you just
0: immediately want to put up your walls yeah. and protect yourself and say well you 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 And, I mean, that's what I want to do instead of actually sitting and listening and caring about the problem and trying to understand it from their point of view.
1: When you're being attacked, all you want to do is attack back. Yeah. And uh, I think it helps. So how do you not attack? Trying to see the circumstances from their perspective, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, I I told the story Sunday of a a lady who got on a subway in um, New York City. And she had three small children with her, and she got on the uh, subway. She had her head down. She went and sat down, and her three kids were just like running wild in, in the subway train. And uh, the the kids were uh, uh, the kids awesome were a- acting up, yeah. And and people were all looking at her like, "I can't believe this woman. Why don't you get your kids under control? Why don't you do something?" Finally, an older man looks over at her and says to her. Hey, lady, lady. And she sort of like was in a daze and, and said, oh, what, what? She said, he said, can't you control your kids? And she said, oh, oh, oh I'm so sorry. And she grabbed, she pulls her kids together and she said, uh, "She said, I'm so sorry. We just came from the hospital or their dad just passed away and I, I, I just don't know what to do. It changes your whole perspective yeah. if you begin to see what the people are going through and understand people are going through a tough time right now and that's and if i can if i can allow myself to see through the eyes of the lord in his compassion then we won't be so quick to condemn and allow satan to divide us from our uh from uh, those who are supposed
0: to be on the same team that's
1: exactly right yeah. that's exactly right i i uh, remember the story of uh, David Wilkerson, and he was a man that really impacted me. He was a Pentecostal preacher, but when I was a teenager, I read his book, The Cross of the Switchblade, and he told the story of how he met Nicky Cruz.
0: And you got saved under his preaching yes, when uh-huh. you were 16. I, uh-huh. You went to a revival by yeah. your sister. Yeah. Invite your family to revivals, friends. That's, <laughs> That's
1: exactly right. So D- David Wilkerson was in New York City. He was leading... uh. Kids to the Lord, gang members to the Lord, and the the leader of the most hostile gang in New York City was uh, a, a man, a boy named Nikki Cruz, and he got sick and tired of David Wilkerson converting his uh, <laughs> his, his gang members. members. <laughs> so and he hated him, and he told him he hated him. And then one day, while David was was ministering to one of his gang members, uh, Nicky Cruz, went up to him and grabbed him by his shirt and took a switchblade knife and stuck it in his neck and said, he said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, preacher. And Dave Wilkerson, in love, looked at him and said, Nicky, you could cut me up in 100 pieces and my, that my, and my body could be laying on the ground and every piece of that body would cry out to you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. What a response! Instead of, well, I hate you too, kid. I don't. You don't. You don't know what I'm doing. You. Do you realize all I've sacrificed to give to you? Uh, just understand that Satan uses.
0: What happened to Nikki Cruz?
1: Oh, Nikki Cruz became uh, for the. He's 84 years old today, and he, for the last 60 years, he's been preaching the gospel. God, God has used him in an in an amazing way. That's incredible. And, uh, now he's not he's not a Baptist, but he I mean he's preaching. At, he's, he's teaching in, people how to get. Saved. That's right. He's in South America wow. somewhere, and I, I don't know exactly where, but tremendously used of God. And okay. so, I think it's just important Do we not need to let remember. Satan divide us. Yeah, yeah. I, the, I, uh, the the story of Jesus in the New Testament and Peter and Jesus when when Jesus said. What Jesus said to the disciples um, who do men say that I am and uh, they gave all the different answers and then Peter said Peter said thou art the Christ the son of the living God then Jesus looks at Peter who who in all practicality was Jesus best friend on this earth okay he looks at Peter and he says thou he says uh, uh, Blessed art thou, because you didn't get this from man; you got this from God the Father. And uh, Peter said, "Well, wow, that's great." Eight verses later, G- Peter says to Isn't that
0: to, to, short of a time. Yeah,
1: eight oh, verses later.
0: He's so relatable. And Jesus
1: is saying, "Jesus is saying, I'm going to Jerusalem. Don't tell anybody that I'm the Christ, because I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer, and then I'm going to die on a cross, and that's what's going to happen." And Peter says. No, far be it from you, thinking he's a good person, but he's discouraging Jesus from doing that which God the Father wants him to do. And he says, he says to him, no, th- th- you can't do that. That's not going to happen to you. And Jesus turns around and looks at Peter, and he says, get thee behind me. Not Peter. He doesn't say, Peter, I don't ever see your face again. You're just a wicked man. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, because mm. he recognized it was Satan using a good Person yeah. to discourage him.
0: Now, when you're fighting with your husband, don't look at him and say, "Get behind me, <laughs> <He's> Satan." <laughs> Jesus could do that. <laughs> but but just, rebuking this—I mean, having Jesus yeah. rebuke Satan—we mm-hmm. can ask God to do that. Rebuke the de- demons in my life.
1: That's right. We 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 need to remember that it when when Christians are attacking me, it's not them. Yeah. It's Satan using a good person and people are not horrible wicked. It's people I don't know how many times in, in the um in our forty-five years of ministry here, I've had a men come in or women come in and say, you know, I think and talk about another believer. It could be their husband or wife. I don't even think they're saved. I don't even mm-hmm. think they're saved. And sort of condemning them to hell yeah. because they responded in a bad way, in a in a because of a circumstances Satan used to divide believers. Satan wants to divide believers. Uh, in the next podcast I'm going to I'm going to share uh, steps that a pastor should take when members react in a negative way oh, towards their that's ministry. That's so good. So, uh well, but, let's move on to number 3 So, number, number 3. three. three. Yeah. <laughs> number 3. Remember when you're attacked by other believers to forgive immediately. Forgive immediately. That's something that you must do. You say, well, how do I forgive if I feel terrible? Forgiveness has nothing to do with my feelings. Hmm. Forgiveness has everything to do with obedience and my actions. It's me recognizing this person is under the influence. Somebody comes, Mm -hmm. we hear this on the news all the time. Well, we can't really blame that person. They were under the influence of alcohol. Or we can't can't really blame that person because they were... Uh, Listen, if somebody is being influenced by circumstances and by demonic activity, that I need to understand that and I need to forgive immediately. I need to say, Lord, help me to love this person. help me to forgive this person. And and then if somebody attacks me, I need to say, Father, I and I, I believe this out loud, yeah. uh, not in their presence yeah. because that would sound arrogant right. but to, to say God, Father, I want you to know, I forgive that person for what they say and say their name out loud. Yeah.
0: And the, doing it over and over too, yes. when it's brought back, when Saint brings it back to your mind, or a demon brings it back to your yep. mind, or a memory triggers it, to be like, no, that's forgiven. Yeah, that's forgiven. I'm. Um,
1: so your husband walks in and he's acting like a jerk because he had it, his boss fired him at work, and you don't even know that he got fired yet, and so.
0: I, I sure hope this isn't like a reality <laughs> of mine. Uh, my husband works for my dad. Y'all, <laughs> I hope you all know this. <laughs>
1: So he walks in, and he's grumpy, and he's mean, and you think, wow, what a jerk, and 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 he says something unkind. The first thing you need to do, immediately forgive him. Your, your wife says something unkind, immediately forgive. Remember, Satan is using these circumstances to cause division, and I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm going to say, Father, I forgive that person. Yeah. Because of what what for what they've done,
0: and you're not talking about being a doormat no. like a woman just you know being abused and ta- constantly. You're talking about when say, so, hey, what this what's going on? This isn't this, and so then you find out what's going on. Yeah. You understand, try to look at it from their point of view and figure out this isn't this isn't in. This doesn't normally happen. It's innocent nature, but this is not the nature of how he's normally acting. So what's going on? Yes. And finding out from their perspective what's truly going on in their life. So number four, Grace is telling us that we're too long. So,
1: (laughs) Number four, I just want to say the greatest picture of that instant forgiveness is Jesus. This has nothing to do with emotion. He is beaten. He is abused. His back is ripped open. He's hanging on a cross. He has nine inch Roman nails in his hands and his feet. And the very first thing he says, not feeling it, because later he would cry, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Not feeling good. He said, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness is an act of your wow. will, it's not a feeling. Wow. So, number four. That's so good. Number four, remember, pray for your critics. Don't become critical of them.
0: Oh my goodness! When you said that, I thought that is like one of the biggest things that we so easy. I know I can get trapped in when somebody's criticizing me for something that, like, like if for for ministry when somebody and you're like, I, I do this for free. You you know this right? <laughs> you're criticizing me for helping you do something for free, <laughs> and you so you easily get defensive and then you become critical of the i can become critical of that person oh yeah well they da, 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 da. so when you said this on sunday i thought i sat there and i thought this for me personally was one of the most powerful impacting things because it is easy when somebody criticizes you to become you take on that sin that's <laughs> so.
1: exactly right and it's so easy it's so easy for us to see everybody else's faults right and we're, and we're so busy covering up our own and even deceiving ourselves. The Bible says if we say that we have yeah. no sin, we deceive ourselves. Right. Uh, but it's so easy to see the things that other people are doing. So I, I need to say, Lord, I want to pray for that person. I want to, whatever they're going through, whatever's causing that, God, I pray for them. I pray for well, them. And Father. something
0: you also told us is that we need to, I mean, just growing up, that when we are criticized, we need to see what part of the Criticism is actually true. Yes, look at it and be like, well, maybe, maybe I am doing this wrong. And oh. take, even though if someone's doing it in a spirit of animosity, there's probably some truth to it. Yeah, so find out what the truth we're is. We're saving
1: this is a secret. We're saving this for the next podcast.
0: Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. Well, see, this is you see how prepped I am for these things, people. <laughs> Dad is
1: <laughs> okay. number five. Remember always work towards reconciliation and forgiveness. Oh, that's good. The Bible tells us this that in 2 Corinthians 5 17 we're made new creatures in Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, the Bible tells us now then we are ambassadors of Christ. But in verse 19, the Bible tells us what our responsibility is in the midst of that. The Bible says that Jesus was sent to reconcile us to the Father and has given us the ministry of reconciliation the thing that jesus did he gave to us the the responsibility to reconcile and i need to do that with my brothers and sisters and i'm and i need to, before i can reconcile someone help reconcile someone to christ i need to be living this ministry of reconciliation bringing wow. people back together and that means me being willing to forgive that means me working towards reconciliation not working for, man, I just, I'm i tired of this guy. I'm tired of this girl. I just want to get them out of my life. Um, it is
0: our God-given job to do that.
1: To reconcile. Because
0: that's like, uh, just to be honest, that's like the thing that I always want to run from. I'm like, if there's controversy, I'm like, I don't want to talk to that person. I'm totally fine with never seeing them again. Just, <laughs> there's so many other people I can minister to if right. somebody has a problem with me because I'm not very— I try to make sure no one has a problem with me, but you can't. That's, you know, life is full of controversy. And when somebody has a problem, I just I really just want to duck out. I'm like, no, I really don't want to talk to you on the phone. No, yeah, somebody, I
1: don't really want to. Somebody says, "I'm leaving the church." You say, "Oh, okay. Good." Yeah, okay.
0: You know, I don't need to do I don't need to deal with anything that yeah. that's it. Like I want to I just want to be at peace, but we are supposed to be reconciled together exactly and we right. are it's our job to reconcile with each other, even, and that's hard. My husband's really good at that. Like with people, he's yeah, so your good. Your husband
1: at... cares about people. That's the difference. <laughs> so you you're, can't fire him. He okay. just really cares. <laughs> he cares about everybody, and it yeah. doesn't matter what strata you are in life. Right. It doesn't. Oh matter no, it doesn't. If you're a street kid, no, if you're a, if you're a Homeless person, or right. if you're the millionaire, whatever he, he genuinely cares, cares and remembers,
0: people. remembers things about. But he does; he goes out of his way to make things right with people. And like I said, something that I feel like, okay, I just don't want yeah, to. Yeah, let's talk about somebody but.
1: else because he makes me feel guilty. <laughs> so
0: Elijah did that,
1: <laughs> but that's what Elijah did. Yeah, he did. and he, that's amazing. He he didn't he didn't come back and say in your face, uh, "Look, the baby's alive," or "The son, your son's alive." He came back and said, I, I just, I want to share this. Wow. And it, and it mended that relationship. Wow.
0: Can you read over those five things? Just so somebody, if they think, I, I I don't want to miss this, read over those five things to remember.
1: Remember obedience does not necessarily mean that bad things won't happen. Number two, remember Satan uses bad circumstances to divide believers. Number three, remember when you are attacked by others. Other believers forgive immediately. Number four, remember, pray for your critics. Don't become critical of them. And number five, remember, always work towards reconciliation and forgiveness.
0: Wow. Thank you so much, Dad. Thank you for that. It's helped me personally. And I know for our listeners, I know it's going to be a true help to them. So thank you for joining us today for Tice Talks. Remember, this is Tice Talks.
1: And it's more than a conversation.